All right. Deleted 20 minutes of Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we hurtle through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I am Andrew. Let's jump right into it. How yeah. you doing, boy? Uh, good. Jumping. Difficult on a spaceship in zero G. Because <laughs> you'll end up just hitting the other side of the cabin, really. Yeah, I, I try to avoid jumping when I can. <laughs> Let's step gingerly <laughs> right Let's push off into it. <laughs> Into it. <laughs> There's actually, I remember this from an Anti- Anthony Horowitz book in the, oh, what was that series? Alex Ryder? Ale- oh, that that's it? a deep cut. Yeah. Fucking I remember Alex that Ryder. From the Alex you want Ryder some series. young adult crime fiction, yep. detective kind of James Bondy books, read yeah, Alex Ryder. Good if you're, shit. And you're 14, read so Alex one Ryder. It's great. Archangel, where, spoiler alert, he goes into he space. Has a, he has a Game Boy Advance with a smoke bomb in it. Fuck yes. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Yeah. Is, a, is a James Bond techno gadget that's actually Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That is fucking sick. Yeah, so at one point he like goes into space and there's this visceral scene that I still remember, A, of like describing how you push off in a spaceship and don't like fuck yourself up on the other side when you get there. <laughs> and B, that like a character throws a hammer at another character. Why is there a hammer on a spaceship? I don't know. But he throws it <laughs> and it just sort of like slowly swings towards this other dude. And the character that throws it has this like uh oh moment because he thinks that he's just like thrown like a feather at this guy and then it like <laughs> the book like pauses to say here's how acceleration and force <laughs> and mass works <laughs> and it like <laughs> smacks this other dude in the forehead and just like <laughs> basically kills him because it's like a slow moving hammer yeah it's good shit yeah it's interesting Anyway, I still remember that. It's just like burned indelibly into my memory. So that's I feel why like I was, that doesn't make whenever sense. anyone says like, oh, just whenever I'm thinking about moving around in a spaceship, I'm like, yeah, Alex Rader told me that that would be hard. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't make sense. I'm going to make a fool of myself and have to shred my mechanical engineering <laughs> degree. But I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure momentum is proportional to velocity so the hammer would have to velocity times mass yeah so the hammer would have to be moving quickly or be really fucking heavy in order to do it is really fucking heavy i think that's the point is it's heavy enough to counteract the fact so like he swings it with a certain amount of or f equals m a yeah Yeah, hold on i'm just gonna go pour fruit loop for my degree and i'll be right okay so the if 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 he was sitting there this is terrible content. No, here's the thing, right? So if you throw the hammer, it has whatever acceleration you have from just throwing it, surely. Yeah. But then if you have like it if it's like a rocket propelled hammer, yeah. then it would have a high acceleration and it would keep getting faster and faster and faster because that's what right. acceleration is, surely. Again, surely. I'm pretty sure I'm is probably Is it F equals M V or S equals F equals M A? F equals M A is force. Right. And force is what it's going to take to ram a hammer into your skull. Yeah, to do enough damage. Yeah, right. right. Okay. So you want a high amount of force. So you get the mass, which is a hammer. So like whatever. And then the A is acceleration. And if acceleration is high, then yeah, the velocity increases after the hammer high is thrown. Every you can't second. continue to increase its acceleration, which exactly. is what you're getting out of the think rocket power. Young adult crime fiction detective mm. author Anthony Horowitz didn't know as much I think about. I got some letters to write. Physics as he thought he did. Mister Horowitz. <laughs> In your novel, Archangel. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up the maths. 
So we're not doing too well this week, I guess. Yeah, we're <laughs> doing great. Um, I don't know if we should jump into the news or beefness or pleasure first. We haven't, you know what? Since since introducing my hilarious pun, we haven't like intro the segment anymore. Mm. Sometimes we watch, or often we watch a movie for this podcast. Oh, so you've just made the executive it. call of which segment to do next. Have yes, you? I have. No, oh. I don't. I, I said I don't know. I know exactly what we're going to do first. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm you know, fine um, with that decision. So, so, I approve. Sometimes, as you're well aware, we have some serious beefness. In order, mm. this podcast is serious beefness. Serious yeah. beefness. We have to go out and watch, be it Detective Pikachu, be it uh, Burning, yep. whatever it is. That's the beefness of the show. It's serious beefness, <clears throat> yep. and it's our duty to fulfill that beefness for the listeners, for each other. But sometimes you just want to kick back and relax with a bit of pleasure. Boy, I don't expect you to to join me in my pleasurable activities all the time. No. So, just to clarify. In this next segment, where I talk about a movie I've seen this week, mm. beefness or pleasure, it's a bit of pleasure for me, boy. I had a bit of I had a bit of fun this week. Where does that phrase, business or pleasure, actually come from, and why why the Russian accent? The Russian accent because the pun only makes sense beef? if you do, do okay. it, in a, do it yep. with an accent, no, and I'm even then, the accent doesn't necessarily make that much sense. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's like when you're visiting another country and you're at passport control or customs, they're like, are you visiting for business or pleasure? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. yep. Man, they don't ask that anymore. They just ask if you've got like liquid explosives. I feel like they don't ask us because we're carrying a fucking switch and we're wearing a hoodie. Yeah. I feel like if you walked in wearing a business suit yeah. <laughs> and you didn't look like you'd just spent nine hours listening to the dollop, yeah. maybe maybe like, they'd ask you that question. Well, you're obviously not here for business. You're like, well, you can see I've got whiskey and breadcrumbs all over my jumper. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's an anecdote behind that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so we're doing For Beef For Beef or Pleasure. Or pleasure. Now mm. the listeners are all clear on what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Uh, this week, man, in preparation for John Wick 3, which is coming out very, very soon. Mm. It might already be out by the time this I episode is. I think it is, is um, out. I watched John Wick 2 Fuck yeah. yesterday. That makes sense. Fucking hell, that's a good movie. Yeah. I don't know. My God. If anyone listening hasn't yet gone in on the John Wick series, let me just tell you, they seem like they're stupid action movies from the outside in. But when you're watching them, like they're a different breed. They're doing it, something new and yeah, different so with we, the action genre. They're, they're seriously worth your time. Absolutely. We talked about it a bit on that John Wick episode ages ago. Now, one of the first episodes we ever did, we did a double episode talking about John Wick and I think Chappaquiddick. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I remember you saying fucking John Wittick. Fish, <laughs> fish and chips or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. And I am pretty we, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I kept you on, boy. I could have jettisoned you out the cargo He's door. He's going to edit it so now. that he doesn't agree with me in the <laughs> final cut. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Cut as necessary. It's got all this, all this great world building where yeah. like all the assassins are part of this like very honorable organization with like a secret clubhouse and like their own currency. Um, Chad Stileski is a director of the the three and. And I think he was Barking, he was uh, he was a stunt man in the Matrix. He was the Neo stunt double, I yeah. think, in the Matrix. Uh, um, yeah, or at least a stunt director one of the, or some yeah. shit. Yeah. So like they have a good working history. It does that like kung fu movie thing where it shows all the fight scenes without cutting very frequently. Yeah. If, you, if you've never noticed this, you're gonna hate that you've noticed it now. But if you watch like most action movies with hand to hand combat and stuff, most Western it will, action movies, yeah, w- yeah. W- yeah, it'll cut every single time like a fist makes contact with a face almost. For example, if someone's hitting someone, yeah. like it'll cut right before you get hit, and then it'll cut like right after you've been hit to the person like recoiling back. So it's from the very hit. easy to shoot it in such a way that makes it look like people are getting hit, 
but actually, in terms of what the actors and the camera work are doing, very little is actually happening in terms yeah. of violence. Whereas in these John Wick movies, you see like uh, Keanu doing a lot of his own stunts, a lot of the kung fu is done in like one Doubled shot, punched in the stomach, jujitsu, judo type shit. Good fun, this second movie, and I'm looking forward to the third one. Me too. Yeah. And also, they have like a really strong aesthetic and use of color. And yeah. so, like, the editing is fantastic. The choreography is, like, unparalleled, I think. A lot of stuff that people get a real boner for is just the idea that he has the correct number of shots in his gun before he has to reload. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so much on that, like, bullets in the clip, bullets in the clip, bullets <laughs> in the clip kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I know it's a mag. Yeah. Get fucked. They really kind of draw attention to it, though. Like, just the idea yeah. that, like... He reloads a Keanu lot. Keanu might as well be going, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> yeah, he's reloading. Like counting under his breath. He's like, what? Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a whole fucking scene in John Wick 2 where um he has to get a gun and whoever, like, the Q equivalent who's giving yeah. him the gun... I think it's, it's like, Morpheus, right? Yeah, it is. It's Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. It's the first action movie they've done together. I think it's the first movie they've done since together the since Matrix, The Matrix. Yeah. And he, Morpheus gives him this gun, and it's like, now there are only seven bullets, and Keanu almost looks straight in the barrel of the camera and goes, <gasps> only seven bullets? Yeah. Zoinks! What am I going to do about that? Well, exactly um, enough to kill eight <laughs> people. <laughs> um, good shit. Yeah. Extremely good uh, shit. Look, yeah. Uh, some of my favorite movies yeah. just to watch i really like them also i saw a twitter post the other day <laughs> today with um just an interesting list some a-list actors and the number of films directed by women excluding voice roles tom cruise zero matt damon zero will smith zero this is actors Pitt, who've been in movies directed actors who've been who, actors who've lead role play the lead role in movies directed by women so tom cruise matt damon will smith zero brad pitt Robert Downey Jr., Hugh Jackman, Jim Carrey, yeah. one each. Okay. Keanu Reeves, 13. Fuck yeah, Keanu. I know it's a bit of a meme to like absolutely love Keanu Reeves. He's the but best. He's a he's king. He's genuinely one of just pure, protect Keanu. Love absolutely. Keanu, protect love Keanu. We have to save Keanu. I think he's <laughs> so good. And I, I actually think... To be honest, in in like, because I've always, you'll always hear me talk about how like you're watching these films in the world that you live in. So you know that Keanu Reeves is an actor and he has a personality outside of the John Wick films. I think the fact that you're watching someone that people like so much and that is so heartfelt and also that you know has such a sad background story. If you don't know what the fuck happened to Keanu Reeves, just Google it. He's had a fucking tragic life. Really? No. Yeah, yeah, he was his like. Um, I've just seen that video, that, that photo of him eating a sandwich oh, really sadly on a on a on a. I'm gonna screw it up, but he's he was like deeply in love with his fiance or girlfriend of the time or something, and she ended up dying while pregnant with his kid. Oh, fuck. and he's like never really been with anyone else, and also uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. I'm pretty sure it's his brother. He w- they were best friends as teenagers, and. So, like, his childhood best friend ended up dying or, I think, maybe suicide? Anyway, he died. So, like, basically, everyone he's ever loved in the world has been dead for quite a while. And he is just, like, full of sadness and mourning, but also, like, hope, just happiness. He's, there's this quote of his, which is, like, um, I don't feel happiness, but I act in movies so that other people can or something like that. It's, like, he's trying to just... Aww. Deal, deal the world with entertainment, and um, yeah, as I said, like bit of a meme to be like, I love Keanu, but seriously, dude's good. Guy's a, guy's a global treasure. <laughs> I this, yeah, fuck. I think you know people talk about Tom Hanks. If Keanu Reeves gets me too'd, I'm just I'm out. 
like he he can't. He's too respectful well, of everyone and I was, lovely. I just couldn't handle I it. I was watching man. an interview today where someone, some Today Show type journalist was talking about how like he is famous for being generous, like yeah, just fucking like paying pay bills, groceries, buying people on sale, yeah. like Harley Davidsons and shit, and not talking about it. He just, I think he just. That's the sign of true, true. Buying people Harley Davidson. high ground <laughs> yeah. is buying people Harley Davidsons yeah. and paying for their groceries. But I, I think the point is that, like, in general, he seems like a quite genuine person and is happy to see other people being happy. That's good. Um, at the either expense or lack of his own happiness, and that just makes him very like very likable in a very sad way and that <laughs> absolutely fits if you haven't seen the the opening of john wick one that fits his character so well um great movies i'd yeah. put him right up there with the mad max fury road for like this new genre of um action movies which is like action movies that have a hyper focus on aesthetic and uh yeah man they're just lo- they're loads of fun to watch as well and yeah. like i just I'm really looking forward to number three. I think yeah, it might already be out. It might be the next episode we do. I'm not sure yet, but I'm, re- I'm really looking forward it's to it. It's called John Wick 3 Parabellum, and I looked up what a Parabellum was, and it is a... This it's is, it's this there is between your... your <laughs> <laughs> That's your Parabolsack. <laughs> <laughs> a Parabellum is a type of semi-automatic pistol or machine gun, but it comes from a Latin phrase parabellum which is to prepare for war oh no which is actually a fucking sick sick, sick double I mean that's probably why the gun's named that but still John Wick's pissed off quite a few people by oh, the time it gets to number yeah. three <laughs> yeah. so yeah I, I thought that was pretty cool it's a good title that's yeah yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well it'll be great all right, so um, what, the so you liked com- it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. There's a couple. Um, we're talking. We're talking off air about character motivations uh, in the context of the new Game of Thrones season that's happening at the moment. Mm. Um, there's a couple moments where, like, the unreasonable bad guy in John Wick has this moment of unbelievable unreasonable unreasonableness. Yeah. <laughs> where you're like, why the fuck would he do that? Yeah, the kind of broke the movie for like 20 minutes where I had to pause it and be you like, were just like Google angry. if I'd missed something <laughs> and it was like no he's just doing it because he's a total prick yeah they're like oh I oh. think the fact that they managed to make you do that is like in some way an achievement you know it's like so evil that yeah. you're just like I can't believe that someone would okay, be that fuck evil it. skip ahead like 30 seconds a minute if you don't want John Wick to spoil for you so don't interrupt me boy I got a minute to get this out of yep, here. Yep. Um, so it's just this bit where the businessman guy who hires John Wick to kill his sister for this political reason, and John Wick has to because he owes this guy a debt. John Wick then goes and kills this guy's sister, even though he doesn't want to because he's friends with her. And then this guy puts out a hit on John Wick and tries to kill John Wick. And you're like, what? Yeah. And th- th- that was the bit where I thought I missed yeah, something. Yeah, did you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, well, no. well, welcome back. I finished complaining for 20 seconds in a very concise manner about John Wick. Good um, shit. Good shit. Looking forward to the new one. Yeah. Um, other trailers that have come out this week. Black Mirror Season 5 is coming out very soon. Yeah, I've still, I'm still yet to watch like the last three episodes of the last series. And also, uh, I haven't seen Bandersnatch. So I never really... I haven't I- played... Bandersnatch is fun. Big audience, fight over that. Seen or played Bandersnatch? <laughs> I think Bandersnatch is, fu- is a, yeah, is yeah, a yeah. fun time. I'm into it. I really like Black Mirror. Yeah? I haven't really watched very much of it at all. Yeah. Um, I haven't really gone into it because I think like all I really want in a show, and I still have yet to have found a show that really satiates this deep inner need I have to just watch someone fuck a pig. I think you're going to die unfulfilled, mate. <laughs> oh, 
Wait, Wait a second. What? I've just thought of something. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it such a crazy move that the first episode of... I think I was t- talking to someone recently about how yeah. they were saying they were um, on a first date with some girl and they went back to whoever's place it was and they decided they wanted to watch something. He suggested that they watch Black Mirror because he'd never watched it really and she'd never watched it. It started with episode what one, a which is mistake. like very graphic, big fucking. E- episode one is the single <laughs> hardest episode of television I've ever had to watch, and and I don't say I don't get affected by stuff a whole and lot. And I think, to his credit, I think they're still together. Oh is, yeah, yes which they is are. Absolutely incredible. Maybe it's incredible. Maybe it's a certain precedent for the relationship that they have. Minutes. It was so okay. So like, let me just ground this. If you haven't watched the first episode of Black Mirror, I. After I watched the first episode, which I didn't know what I was getting into, I paused my computer. Or like I, I so the people have stopped watching the show after that. I people have opted out of the whole show because I shut my laptop and I just went outside for three hours. (laughs) Three hours. I I went outside (laughs) for three hours and I just thought about what had just happened. Yeah, and I and my brain needed time and space to process what I just watched. It wasn't that, like, I just wanted to think about what happened. It was that I, I couldn't do anything else. I needed to, like, fucking just be nowhere and deal with the fact that I had just seen a, a man <laughs> so dashed on the rocks Balls of deep life. in a swine. Yeah. <laughs> just an incredible piece of storytelling. One of the most awful things I've ever experienced. One of my favorite pieces of television on a first date. Yeah. <laughs> on a first date where you don't really know this dude and you go back to his place and he makes you watch a TV show about a guy fucking a pig. <laughs> How are you not out of there? It's more of a red flag that she stuck around because she was like, no, no, this guy, there's like an 80% chance that he's a serial killer. This guy killer. has got to have other problems and yeah, I would like, be there when I find there's out There's no way it. that it's a big enough coincidence that he actually didn't know what was in this episode. <laughs> he's convincingly lying to me that he didn't know that it was about a dude <laughs> balls deep in a swine uh, I don't believe him I'm and he's giving you the side eye where the pig's been fucked squeals of pain coming from your sound bar and he's Has giving you the side eye like, do, you, uh, do, do, do you get it? Do you How's get this it? making you feel? oh fuck <laughs> That's not what happened, but boy, is it funny. Excellent shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Black Mirror Season 5 has been, uh, the trailer's been announced. I think Miley Cyrus is in one of the episodes, whatever. Sure. Yeah, I think she's apparently a good actor. <laughs> I think she's apparently good shit. Um, something that I I've haven't gone in on, but I've seen lots of trailers for it, is George Clooney's new adaptation of Catch-22. Okay. I fucking love George Clooney. Um, and it looks like a, sim- uh, like a hammy, you know, it's Catch-22, so it's kind of dark, kind of hammy. Yeah kind of weird i think from my memory the movie's a lot more sinister and psychedelic it's than based on a book this it? is yeah but there's, yeah. there's a movie from ages ago and yeah, my yeah, memory yeah. is that the movie's really dark and weird and this seems to be a bit goofier and kind of absurd oh, okay so you know that the premise behind catch 22 is that there is a guy in whatever i war remember it the is. scrubs joke about a dude having a catch 22 fish right. so catch the catch 22 in the book i don't know whether that's where the origin of the phrase came from or whatever is just there's this guy who works in the air force he's a fire it's pilot. about being crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. the only way you can get out of being in the war and flying these planes is if you're crazy and so this guy says he's crazy so he can get out of flying planes and go home because he doesn't want to fucking die yeah but the catch twenty two is his lieutenant, his lieutenant or sergeant, whatever says, "Well, no, you can't be crazy because you're trying to you're trying to not fly planes, and only crazy people fly these planes. So if you yep. don't want to fly the plane, you're not crazy." Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and so it's it's either you're either crazy and and know that you're yeah. crazy, and therefore you wouldn't know that you were crazy and yeah. you would want to fly the plane. You're, you're making you're making it more confusing. Yeah, you're not crazy if you don't want to fly the plane because that's the most sane thing. But then you have do. to do it, and you're not allowed to yeah. quit the fucking air force. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and it's but the trailer makes it seem like he's like, oh fuck, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a catch twenty two. I mean, I it guess could I'm be, stuck. It could be a black comedy, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it, it is. comes out. Like, I think that's what the book kind of is yeah. as well. Not that yeah. I know much about it. We should have had Calamon to tell us what Catch Twenty Two is about. Yeah, um, that looks exciting. This might be a nice time to, unless you've got any beefness or pleasure to go into, boy. No, I have. Um, the only thing I watched this week was my life slowly slipping away <laughs> as I got nothing done that I wanted to do and despaired over the state of how busy I was. Fuck. So I finished. I had a great week, man. I finished Uncharted Four, started then finished Uncharted Four. Mm. If you're not much into games, this is a good one because I think that it's not one where you sort of never know what you want to do because it kind of railroads you and oh, it's yeah. one consistent Those games story are the whole way. As fuck, and I I don't mind at all. It's, uh, there's, there's enough exploration where it's a lot of Assassin's Creed style climbing up rock faces and exploring ancient temples and shit. Um, it's basically a 15-hour long Indiana Jones movie. Yep. It's got all the puzzles. It's got all the giant temples, all the jungles, all the deserts, all Nazis. the car chases you could want. No Nazis, unfortunately. No, I'm not um, it. Despite all my requests. But <laughs> despite my repeated letters to Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah, and so Naughty Dog's a studio, and they're, just, they're famous for doing the facial animation really well. No cap. So it often yeah. looks like you're... That's um, where they capture people's mustaches. <laughs> in a jar and release them into the <laughs> wild <laughs> and then they record people talking about them and that's what they use to animate the characters <laughs> boom border back oh man um incidentally what, what how lucky are we that we we were tossing out between two white guys recording a podcast man pretty <laughs> fucking lucky where's this going <laughs> how lucky are we that we we we, we had the option between beef station and balls deep in a swine and we chose beef station yeah no that's true man in 2019 that name would not have dated very well yeah <laughs> Yeah. We did come up with it before the Black Mirror episode, though, so I'm still <laughs> angry about that. We'll see you in court. Yeah. Uh, who's the Black Mirror guys? Oh, David Fincher? Fucking no. <laughs> Whoever it is. No, um, no. It was British when it first started. Right, and okay, then an fine. American studio bought it out. But yes, if you want to play a 15 hour long Indiana Jones movie, yep. that sounds like a jam. And you're also not big on giant fucking video games. It's super easy. It's really fun. Good shit. Very casual. Really good. Yeah. Love uh, it. Should we jump into the news, boy? Uh. Oh, is that not what we've been doing? Jesus. No. No. no this Let's has been go into the We news. haven't done the yeah. music. Yeah. True. Sorry. Man, I really chose the wrong key to go with that, didn't I? It was a weird one. I was like three. Tones higher to than be honest, I usually start I got on. super wrapped up in my own little rhythm <laughs> and I didn't really notice. So. <laughs> Needless to say, it was a shambles and all the listeners noticed. Yeah. Um, oh, another trailer. <laughs> They're listening and like, wait a second. <laughs> another trailer I was supposed to mention three minutes ago. Um, the Midsommar trailer has been dropped. Mm. Uh, director of Hereditary, it's his new horror movie. Oh, yeah, okay. Very yeah. excited. I'm not going to watch the trailer. Midsommar. 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 Because I don't want to know anything about it. Midsummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and <laughs> yes, Ari, Ari, Ari Aster, Aster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ari Aster. Um, I don't really want to watch very much about it because I want it to all be a surprise. I absolutely Man. loved Hereditary, dude. High bar to have been set. Yeah. So this is a very I, excited. I, I skimmed like probably a thirty second trailer on Twitter. Good. 
That's right. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm skimming 30-second <laughs> trailers. trailers on Twitter. Skimming 30-second trailers because I don't want to watch Fuck. the whole thing. But all of it, from what I saw, took place in the daytime. And I think that's really echoing his kind yeah. of... His, like, unwillingness to, uh, in a good way, to use nighttime as a crutch to freak people out. He's saying, I don't, I don't need that shit. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking scary in broad daylight with, like, just tension. I'm going to yeah. mess you up. I think that I a really lot of like hereditary it. was in a gloomy house. It, it had moments, but... And so that's inherently, like, a darkness. Uh, yeah, I just... I think you and I differ a little bit on this, but I think a lot of horror films... Like, darkness is scary to humans, and I think that using darkness without innovating with it is hack. I agree, but I don't think that hereditary... Oh, that's what you're saying. Right, yeah. No, I think Hereditary was very good and innovative with it. The fuck just But I happened. think that there are a lot of horror movies... I think I agreed with you. No. Fuck. No. Uh, <laughs> um... I don't feel good. <laughs> I th- yeah, I mean, I th- I think that I, I haven't really watched enough horror movies to really notice where it's like, oh, this is only scary because it's dark. I think if you watch but- en- like almost any B grade horror film, it'll be like, yeah, just I I'd, I'd be interested. I, I don't know if I've I'm never right seen about a horror movie during the day, really, and so that's like an interesting thing to do. But at the so. same time, I don't think that just because every other horror movie's done it in the dark that they're all shit like 28 days later that's what you said right every single horror movie that has <laughs> that is, darkness no in that is shit? what I said Give right take. yeah cool um, like 28 days later is a film that's freaky as fuck and it takes place during the day and it stands out for me as a spectacular scary bit of storytelling without needing to rely on the crutch of um, darkness in the same way as I think making a monster that looks humanoid or close to human preys on the human fear of like that uncanny valley type thing. Yeah. And I think that if you're relying on the uncanny valley to freak people out, it's a little bit hack. No, monsters is... Now you're, now you're saying it's hack to use monsters in the dark. I'm saying... No, I'm not. I'm saying it's <laughs> hack to make things that look like humans but a little bit weird, like paranormal activity. A lot of the monsters in paranormal activity were like humans it. with distorted faces. It's like preying on this thing of in your mind of um, uh, like making a human but their jaw dangles down low or some shit. It's like, yeah, okay, that is a little freaky, but... Honestly, like, it's just preying on a biological impulse that I have in the same way that, like, the flinch reflex is. And I, I see it, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to watch it, but also I'm not interested by it. Whereas Ari Aster manages to not have to rely on any of that type of, like, biological stuff that we're predisposed to be a little bit scared by. He kind of innovates in the ways that he freaks you out, and I really enjoy that. That's why I like his films. That's why he's good. Done. Moving on. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, next story here, filming has begun on video game movie Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds and Taika oh, Waititi. Oh, fuck yeah. This We've known about that before. Ryan Reynolds is playing an NPC that yeah. is not aware that he's an NPC. So it says here he's a lonely bank teller who discovers he's actually a background character in an open world video game. Fuck yeah. Um, direct, so this, is, this is so good, man. It's direct, it, the, the writers and directors don't know they're a bit weird, man. They're kind of all over the place. So um, the guy who's directing it is Sean Levy. Yep. Who has credits ranging all the way from Date Night to Night at the Museum to being a principal director on Stranger Things. So I've really liked Stranger Things. I've never okay. seen Night at the Museum. Night at the Museum like a, is not bad. Uh, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, which I think is like Night at the Museum like 7. four. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's, but they've never been badly directed. I've seen right, two okay. of them, I think, and they're actually not bad movies. But those like, two you've seen 15 times each, right? <laughs> uh, no, actually. Those two I've seen once each for... 
personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you an out, man. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's weird. Like they're saying, like, oh, they're working with the writer of Ready Player One and the well, cinema. That's a- absolutely a bad thing. <laughs> and the cinematographer from Kingsman. Is it great? Well, is. Is the cinematography <laughs> yeah. in Kingsman particularly good? It's this is like the Homer <laughs> thing where he's like, <laughs> um, "That's good. It contains potassium benzoate. That's bad, <laughs> but you get a free donut. That's good. <laughs> like, That's good. Yeah. yeah. Directed by the writer of Kingsman. That's good. Here's another one. And <laughs> he's working with the costume designer from The Fate of the Furious. <laughs> like, is that a Fast and Furious movie? Yeah. It's like the Fast and the Furious designer. Eight. Leather jacket purchaser or what? Like, <laughs> like just fucking hell. Okay, like I don't know what to think anymore. The cinematographer from fucking Austin Powers Seven, yep. and the costume designer from Fast yeah. and the Furious Twenty Four. So like, like, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be those movies. Yorgos Lanthimos is the makeup artist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> What's going on in this movie, man? Okay, I have no idea well, how the, oh. that one. That one is an absolute <laughs> roll of the dice. <laughs> Fuck. Or it'd be like the guy who wrote the score for Shrek 4. Like, yeah. Oh, what, uh, mm. He's directing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, these are all costume designers designing costumes, but it's just yeah. like a movie where you were like, I suppose they had a costume designer. I've never thought about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's not coming out until July 2020, though. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, news here, speaking of John Wick. Uh, Keanu says that he has a surprising ho- hobby that got cut from the movies. Uh, according to IndieWire here, when John Wick's not killing assassins, he's restoring leather-bound books. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> In my head, Keanu's like, and he knows this what can you believe? From these shoot 'em up dumb action movies of Kung Fu, they cut out the whole scene where I was rebinding the Bible for four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that sounds like Keanu Reeves wanted to say that was the case, so they filmed him for a day and then just deleted it. No, I think it fits <laughs> in with like the, the calm, quiet, like other aspect of those films. <laughs> it says here it was this that scene was in the film and they filmed it and then just got rid yeah. of it. Wasn't in the, in the first couple, like the bits with dogs are really yeah. like these moments of like meditative calmness. And I feel like he could have maybe gotten that out of the, the book binding thing in I suppose third so. one. I suppose so. in between like I would have liked that. Destroying his nineteen sixties fucking Ford yeah. beautiful muscle car and like shooting people in the kneecaps with a shotgun. They didn't really have much time to like pump the brakes and watch him like but they in the previous films, that's my point. In the previous films, they have had time to pump the brakes, and I think it's really made the film stronger. The moments, yeah. like, you're in the eye of the storm in some of those films when you're watching him do other shit, and that's really, those are some of the best moments in the movie. So, I don't know. I'm not super enthused to hear that they're cutting stuff like that, but also I'm sure that it will still be good. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, quick little bit of news about uh, Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. Andrew, I know you want to be kept up to date with cool. that. Cool, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, Jermaine Clement has been announced as joining the cast of the sequels. He'll play the the part of marine biologist Dr. Ian Garvin. So Jermaine Clement, famous probably mostly for Flight of the Concord. Yeah, but he's been in other bigger movies recently. He did What We Do in the Shadows, that comedy with Taika Waititi, which is apparently fucking great. It's now got a TV series adaptation that's been out and is also brilliant with uh, Douglas from the IT crowd. He was in the third movie of Men in Black. He played the giant monster dude who travel through time and all that. I don't remember much of that movie, but it was great. Yeah, you, you, you'd you know the face of the... He didn't look like Jermaine Clement. He was in, like, giant like makeup sure. and a big costume and all that, but that was him. So he's been in other movies and stuff recently. 
Yep. Looking forward to seeing a familiar face in a movie that I predict will otherwise be largely forgettable. Yeah, I think he's very good. So, yeah, hopefully he brings a little bit of energy to it, but... Yeah. Further news about James Bond that is not going to surprise anyone. Mm. They've had to stop filming it again this time because Daniel Craig's been hospitalized. Great. What <laughs> um, uh, an ankle injury uh, uh, suffered on the set in Jamaica last week. He had to go to hospital. <laughs> He'll be resuming filming next week. That's pretty fucking rough. Resuming filming, like, he, if he's in hospital, he probably... Man, like, Tom Cruise ran on his broken ankle. I got no sympathy for this fucking... Yeah, he probably, like, broke his ankle. And so they're just like, you got two weeks, buddy, and then you're <laughs> back on it. And he's like, ugh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like bones take a while. It doesn't to say heal. he broke his ankle. He just has an ankle injury. It might have just twisted his ankle. He might be a big softy for all we know. Yeah. Uh, quote from Daniel Craig: A boo 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 hoo boo boo boo. <laughs> According to sources close to the Pixar studio, they've got a now new. Stop hugging me, please. I'm asking <laughs> you. I've asked you before. Please stop hugging According me. According to sources way too close to the Pixar <laughs> yeah. studio. According um, to studios, you're too close to me. I've asked you before to the Pixar studio. <laughs> uh, well, they have a new boss now in reference to that, uh, <laughs> whose name is Pete Doctor, and apparently <laughs> perhaps inspired by... Um, Pete uh, Doctor. <laughs> perhaps inspired by new Pixar boss, Peon Miyama Doctor. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> after Toy Story 4, which comes out in, on June 21. I think that's the movie we did this week, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, after Toy Story 4, they are going to stop doing sequels for a little while and focus on original content. Oh, fucking really? Which is exciting. That's but the best news that you have given me in months. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair though, I mean... Sequels aren't inherently a bad thing. Like, Monsters University was great. Incredibles 2 was yeah. great. Toy Story 2 and 3 were great. We'll have an off-air argument that'll come to blows about that later, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Toy Story 4, I'm a bit apprehensive about, if only because number 3 tied it up so nicely. Yeah. And then yeah. you've obviously got the Cars nonsense. And I think the fact that these films are in development for, like, probably on, like, a yeah. eight, eight or nine-year development cycle is, is rough. Like, but they don't know what people will want like maybe they maybe eight years ago their projections were that people would really like sequels and yeah. now well, it's people like I'm fucking sick of these and it also feels that they, they used to produce films a lot slower and maybe I'm just don't have the right sort of memory for the dates but it seems that they're cranking the films out a lot quicker now because it says here yeah. that since 2016 they've released five films if yeah, you, and if it you used include to be, Toy Story 4. It used to be one a year, if that. Yeah, I, it's Toy, I Story, feel. Toy Story 4, Coco, Finding Dory, Cars 3, and Incredibles 2 have all come out since 2016. Yeah, right. Um, so the the story here is only that it's not been confirmed, but like rumor has it, sources close to the studio say um, that they're, they're going that. to try to produce more original content and focus more well, on that I rather than. All in on that. Very exciting. I've great. always loved the original stuff they've done. I think Even it's the like strongest shit. The lowest, the lower talked about stuff like Inside yeah. Out recently was brilliant. I would also, and this maybe this isn't everyone's opinion, but um, but it probably is. <laughs> I would rather that they trip over themselves and fall over trying something new than yeah. that they do a safe sequel that's boring. And I understand that when you're in like a multi fucking billion dollar company, that's not the way it works. But I wish that it were. Well, I mean, it sounds... It doesn't sound a bit like... I'm reading like one sentence in this article and I'm giving my own speculation. It says here that like Lasseter is being given a story credit for Toy Story 4. And there are like seven writers on it. So maybe the transition has meant that it's a bit sloppy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, hope it'll, I hope it's good. The, the new trailer movie, didn't look bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. There's loads of... Like Keanu's in it. 
playing um <laughs> he's he, he's got he's playing some dumb fucking character and i'm not gonna be able to remember the name off the top of my head but it's like um some <laughs> motorcycle frantically googling ladies and gents <laughs> this is a competitive <laughs> sport <laughs> he's, like, um, uh, he's playing a character, he playing a character who i have not heard of before <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not gonna be able to find damn. it damn speaking of tripping up at the finish line the name of his character is like Skippy McRipperdip or something. Like. Oh, I couldn't you remember that <laughs> off the top of your head. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? A bit of professionalism, maybe? Duke Kaboom. There we go. That's good shit. <laughs> That's good shit. That's good shit. Duke Kaboom is a Canadian daredevil toy with a white outfit, mustache, and a toy motorcycle. Duke Kaboom. He feels let down by his previous owner, unable to do the stunts that his commercial ads had promised. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Wow, show. that's um, that's metaphorical, dude. <laughs> All right. No, it's just because there's Hot Wheels fucking tricks and nah, difficult nah, nah, to put I'm together. Right. Um, new Pixar film coming out. You're not in reading into this kids' movie enough. <laughs> it's going to be called Onward. It's directed by the guy who did Monsters University, which I think was brilliant. Yep. So looking forward to it. Yeah, cool. Not that I know much about this actress, but it's worth mentioning because she's so iconic. Doris Day died the week that we're recording this. Yeah. She was 97, and she's part of one of the golden age of Hollywood, absolute icons of the industry, up there with Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart and all that. Uh, She died this week. She was 97. I thought that just for something different, I might tie this back to... Something I don't often mention on the show, and that's the Beatles. Uh, I think Doris <laughs> Doris Day. Very good, you had me. <laughs> Doris Day, I think, is one of the only real life people whose name is checked in a Beatles song. Yeah, okay, that's I, an interesting. I think fact. that's interesting. Yeah, there's like a politician, and they never do that. Doris Day, some dude named Matt Fusby, and I've never bothered to Google who that is, but it's a very funny name. So maybe that's all that it is. is but good. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. She was in all sorts of stuff, co-starred alongside Frank Sinatra, James Cagney. She worked for Alfred Hitchcock. One of the most famous songs that she was known for singing was K Sarah Sarah, right. which she sang in that Alfred Hitchcock film, apparently. Um, she's been in all sorts of shit over the years. Yeah, okay. Well, R.I.P. to a real one. And Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole phrase in full. R.I.P. to a real one and Excelsior. I want that on my tombstone. Doris Day Excelsior. Oh, man. Okay, here's another one. Uh, in in signature beef session style, we'll decide on a screen rant story to end the news this week. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> they always come up with dumb headlines. Is this real They always not? suck at me in. <laughs> um, Peter Jackson turned down directing Aquaman. Twice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he gives an interview here with Empire Magazine. Which Do you want to direct quote, Aquaman? Uh, um, n- no. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to direct Aquaman? No. Yeah, dude. So here's <laughs> the interview. Um, uh, Jackson explained his unfamiliarity with the source material, which led him to pass. Um, he said, are you a fan of Aquaman? And I said, no. Six months later, Peter, are you a fan of Aquaman? And I said, no, Kevin, I already told you this. <laughs> I'm not a superhero guy. I read Tintin. Look, films are hard. I only want to make something I have a deep passion for. I love this. Look, 
Films are hard, and I only <laughs> want to make something that I've got a deep passion for. <laughs> Bring me a Tim Tim film or nothing. <laughs> I think nothing is funnier than saying, listen here, Kevin, and then <laughs> yeah. following it up with anything. You could be Especially making if it's, I'm not a fan of Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I think, listen here, Kevin, I'm not a fan of Aquaman, it's Tim Tim or bust, is the funniest the thing I've ever been said. Lizard Wizard album. <laughs> <laughs> what a crescendo to our little news segment this week. The dude's won like 11 Oscars. Yeah. But also that's like, props to him, because that's like asking like, Peter, do you want $28 million? Yeah. And he's just like, Kevin, I've told you, I don't want $28 million <laughs> unless it's Tintin. Alright? <laughs> Fuck me. And unless it's set in the green rolling hills of New Zealand, then I don't want to do it. You hey, can be racist <laughs> to New Zealand people, it's fine. Hey, Paul, want to make me a coffee while I record my new album? <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. Very good. Um, so that's that's the news for this week. Yeah, cool. Screen Rant also has a detailed analysis of how it is that Magikarp managed to evolve in the new uh, Detective Pikachu film we're about yeah. to kick into. <laughs> Which I love that that sort of analysis exists in the world now. Um, with that, how it evolves. No, no, no. Don't go into it. Magic Art needs a water stone to evolve into a Gyarados. Does it? it? Wait, no. It needs no, to be at level. It needs to get to a high level. It needs to some some absurdly high level. I remember that. It's like level thirty-one. I think, I think twelve. Isn't level thirty-one? I think level um, twenty-eight. I remember it's some ridiculously high level because I think ten-year-old slash fifteen-year-old slash twenty-four-year-old Oscar has given up trying to evolve a Magic up every single time. Oh, I'm terrible. It's 20. It's level 20? <laughs> it's level 20. Damn. That's high, though. Here's the, th- here's the problem. We before we magic up to level 20. Before we say anything of substance. That's a yeah. shitload of switching out the first Pokemon in your party every battle. You can't do anything with this fucking yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Although, I will say this. So, magic up was in the original 151. Yeah. And back then... Back when we played our video games, yeah. you didn't have none of that XP share bullshit. I think there you was. You didn't have none of that XP all bullshit. I think there was an XP share. In Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow? Yep. Wait, no. No. No, there wasn't. There wasn't? No. Yeah, motherfucker, Wait. you fucking fake gamer. Wait, yes, there was. Fuck! Yeah. Uh, you made me pop off. No, there is, because it's, it's in one of those guard houses. Mm. You get it from one of Oak's aides. <laughs> 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 oh. <coughs> Very good. <laughs> Professor Oak has yes. AIDS. There's a call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the real tragic end to uh, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> this week. <laughs> we did it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We did it. 47 episodes of Perseverance finally has here. led us to this point. I said it last episode. I'll say it this episode. And every episode into the future, this is the top of the mountain. Yep. This is the pinnacle of human it's achievement. It's all downhill from here. Pokemon real life movie. Yep. Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Coffee. Pikachu. Yep. It's all there. It's... It's unbelievable. The fact that we really went and watched this movie is still kind of sinking in. Mm. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, because I think the, what what this really represents to our generation. Remember the moon landing? I don't. <laughs> I sure as shit remember where I was when I watched Pokemon Detective Pikachu, though. So, like, I think, yeah, for our generation, we grew up playing these games on, uh, like, what is a what's a Game Boy? Is it, like... 64-bit or some shit. Tiny little pixel screens 
I my original Game Boy, I didn't own an original one, but I had a Game Boy Color. And I played Pokemon Silver for upwards of 100 hours. The Game Boy is an 8-bit game console developed by Nintendo. Okay, so we we genuinely... We got to love these creatures and this world on an 8-bit screen. Which, yeah. like, it's hard to get a lower resolution than that. So, I, I think... For us, this is what... It, it's as if someone stuck a, a, a mind-reading device on us as children. Yeah. And made a film that looked like what you saw in your head. Like your imagination. When you I were have, playing these games. I have so many warm childhood memories yeah, of this man. Game Boy Color. It didn't even have a backlight. You had to like you had to fucking hold it up to the sun. Yeah, you had get to it face it into the sun. Just the right angle. Yeah. There were all these dumb fucking accessories that looked like one of those itty bitty book light yeah. slash magnifying like you were glass Game things. Boy on a fucking microscope. <laughs> man. Yeah, so, some of my warmest childhood memories are spent... Absolutely grinding out, trying to get that sh- fucking Magikarp to evolve, or like flicking through a strategy guide. I I had this paperback Pokemon handbook thing when I was like ten. That it's just, in my study at home. It told you. I looked where, at it yesterday. Yeah, it told you all the levels of all the Pokemon and everything. And the Pokedex. I, I, I wore that thing out. Yep. Like flicking through it because we didn't have. I mean. I think this is one of the only times that someone of our generation can really be like, we didn't have the internet. No. The internet existed, but I was eight years old. I had the primer paper guide. Yeah. And that thing needed rebinding because it fell <laughs> apart. That yeah. shit was used. For us, like, I wasn't on the first wave of Pokemon games, but on the second one, and a lot of my friends run. You were on the first. You had I got yellow. Pokemon Yellow, yeah. yeah. So you were right in there, man. I remember there was a big family trip. And, like, my dad, in the wisest move in history, didn't tell us anything about the fact that he'd done this, but, like, we get on the plane, he reaches into his backpack and gives us each a Game Boy. Holy fuck. And I got uh, a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow and kind of got, like, um, I don't know. I remember kind of got shot. Some bullshit because I don't <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But I, um, yeah. I, I think at the time, And Connor that would was, forever have happened. I think Connor was young enough that he wouldn't have given a fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. He got, like, a... A, a pack of like mini mini games and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. And that kept him busy and it kept me busy. And I was like, it, something clicked and I just yep. locked in on it. Yeah. And that was my fucking life. Yep. Oh, uh, I'm a gamer now, mum and dad. <laughs> 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 yeah, shit. Just like going around to a friend's house and like, I remember this guy, Nick, showing me the fucking Pokemon duplication glitch with a yeah. link cable. Do you remember that phrase? Yeah. Like, is that conjuring memories of like clear purple plastic? I remember plastic? that I didn't have a link cable, and um, my friend from primary that school that shithead friend fucker or whatever did, and so you spent a lot of time at that bastard's <laughs> house. Well, <laughs> my, and my friend from prime from like when I was in kindergarten or year one or year two, my friend David Newen had a link cable, and we would have like Game Boy parties. Yeah, where we'd all go around to David's house on a Saturday afternoon and like be like. All right, fuck. All right, what do we need this link cable for? And it will be like the it was like be like a commodity. Be like, right, I've been I've been waiting to do this for months. I'm gonna yeah. need this and this and this because there will be specific shit you can only do in the game if you have the cable. So you'd like bank all that stuff up and do it all in one job yeah, lot yeah, in one yeah. afternoon. You'd figure out the trading of evolution Pokemon. Yeah. It was less yeah. a party and more like ticking shit up off a to do list that you've been sitting in the yep. back of your mind yep. for hours. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, I remember so, the link cables. Yeah, I think like for us, this was something. Uh, this this represents a long and meandering podcast episode, <laughs> but but a long and meandering like 
conclusion or at least like evolution in in a universe that holds a lot of sway for us at a very young age. Like yeah. th- this is in our core identities. I don't think, I think. that it yeah, I don't think that's ever something that I've actively wanted. Like I've never been like I can't wait for a real life Pokemon no. movie because I never thought it would happen. Yeah. Ever. I never thought that it would be possible or even conceivable to have real looking Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, I remember, so, like, I feel like people forget I realise I'm very conscious of the fact that we sound like the dumbest fucking 25-year-old idiots talking yeah, about this Pokemon. Is, uh, we, we but know. I think it's like a... We might as well be talking about Thomas the Tank Engine I think or some most shit. Of the <laughs> listeners, most of the listeners on this show will have spent some... Like, w- w- I think it's fair to say that we probably have mostly middle-class white Australian listeners. Yeah. And I think most of those people will have spent a fair bit of time as a kid fucking around on a Pokemon game. Yeah. Like, my partner doesn't play games at all, and she played Pokemon. I, so. have, a, I have a funny story about Pokemon... Um, when I was a little kid. So if you've Well, don't hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, at some point, if you want me to, just let me know if you want to tell After the story. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, back in the original Pokemon game... Oh, he's going to tell it now. All yeah, right. yeah. I, I think it might be a good idea if I tell it now. What do you reckon? Mm. No? All right. <laughs> um, so, when you get into a Pokemon battle, you have four options, and it never, like, explicitly explains it to you, but there's a menu and it's pretty clear. Attack, item, run... Or, po- or switch Pokemon, right? Or in my head, as I think I was seven, I thought the options, we have three options. <laughs> there's an attack button, there's like the Pokemon switching button, or there's like an item run. Like you can do and a you quick... Do an, you do you an item do like run. You do a quick little run of your items and just have a look what's in your backpack. You run through your items. So I don't know... You do an item run. You go on an, yeah, you go exactly. on an errand. You go, not really an errand. I didn't really even think that you're running away from the battle. It's just like... Or, no, or you literally, you just you do a quick little run of what's yeah. in your bag. Yeah, right. So you run I through the think, list of your items. I think halfway through the game, <laughs> I had my starter was at like level ninety, because I had never, ever, 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 ever Fuck. run away from a Pokemon battle. Because I didn't even know it was an option. Dude. To the point where I was teaching someone. It was that. That's what reminded me of it. I think I took my my um my Game Boy over to my friend, um my friend's house. And I was showing her, like, oh, look, I brought the game. You played Pokemon, check this out. And she'd never seen it before. And I was like, okay, so you're in a battle. Now you can choose to attack. You can you can choose to switch your Pokemon. Or you can do an item. Ru- what did you just do? What? Yeah, why did the co- battle end? What, what did you? What? And it was like the whole world came crumbling down around me. And I realized how much time I'd wasted Shit. fighting off level two Pidgeys. especially at the start they make you run backwards and forth and just waste time fighting like level 5 doing busy work yeah busy work (laughs) I think that's the earliest of my life that I've wanted to kill myself (laughs) 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 just looked up at this guy you realize how much of a fucking idiot you were (laughs) (laughs) like an item run (laughs) what why did I think it was an item run why would that have been what it was called that's those high concept Fucking name for what that would have been. <laughs> Good shit. <laughs> Just the idea that the first person in my... I imagine that might have been the first time that person had ever been playing Pokemon. Yeah. They'd been given it for the first time, but it was just immediately obvious to them, and I still didn't know. Yeah, there's quite a gap. Like, the the kerning and the spacing, yeah. the justification yeah. of the words would have a, been... It's in a two-by-two two grid. Four options yeah. right there. No, yeah. it's... It makes no but sense. But not only that, if it was one phrase, the spacing between the words would have been absolutely fucked. In my I defense, think, I was probably seven. I think to infer that, <laughs> even as a seven-year-old, you must have been stupid. 
<laughs> to make that assumption <sighs> is backwards and <laughs> confusing. Uh, yeah, no. A lot of fun memories Good about Lord. Pokemon. Um, I think yeah. that in terms of pop culture properties and like a universe of characters, it's the one that I think there's like a little safe in my mind where if you just unlock that, I have hours and hours and hours of useless knowledge. Like ask me where to find a Surf HM in Pokemon Gold, where to get a Soul Stone in um, Pokemon Ruby, or like what level does, you know, like a Magikarp of all that, and I'll just spit out the answer. Yeah. Somewhere in my mind. Or at Jesus. least like... You know, I, I, I remember, like, in Pokemon Sapphire, like, capturing all of the Regis. I remember, yeah. like, farming Rayquaza over and over <laughs> again until I was out of Ultra Balls. And then I eventually... I remember that I caught him with a Great Ball. <laughs> because the likelihood of that happening is very low. Like, mm. just we invested so much time into these as kids. We'll stop, like, waxing lyrical about fucking Pokemon now. Yeah. It's probably terrible. But what we're trying to do is give you guys an opportunity to reflect on what your memories of this are yeah. before we really get stuck into talking about but this But I suppose movie. also emphasize the fact that... If anyone out there has made it to this point and is still thinking, yeah, but why the fuck did these two 25-year-olds go watch a Pokemon movie? Because it was very important. That's why. Us. It's yeah. like, in terms of like emotional connection I have with stuff like that, it's one of the most important parts of my childhood in terms yeah. of TV shows or games or whatever. It's just hours spent. Yeah. And it's just yeah. nothing that I ever could have imagined. And I think it is going into the movie it did feel a lot more like a kid's movie than I was even expecting it to be. Right. Obviously, knowing that it's a kid's game and it's a kid's show, it still did feel a bit kiddie, but I reckon I enjoyed it despite that. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was probably to do with this emotional connection I have to the series and to the, the brand. I think one of the most striking things to note about it, straight off the bat, is that obviously it's based in the real world. Compare that to almost all previous Pokemon work. Every Pokemon series is set in its own unique region, which often mimics a location in the real world but is based outside of it. But this is the first to be set in a world that is live action. And they had to like go and catch a real Charizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finding a Pikachu that could talk in like Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah, they had to genetically breed the Pokemon for this movie. <laughs> um, so, what I was going to say is... They had to make Ryan Reynolds fuck a liar bird. <laughs> Liar, liar, bird. What did you think of the live-action, realistic renditions of the Pokemon in Director Pocket Lint, the movie that we watched this week? (laughs) Um, I think they were great. I didn't notice any of them and be like, what the fuck is that? I think that in that sense, I think that they're always going to look a bit fucked because they're little 8-bit icons that they've animated into a real-life thing. Yeah. I think, though, none of them really broke me out of the world. They all kind of felt real in as real a way as they can possibly be. Right. Like, I think in some sense, I'd almost be interested in knowing what someone's impression of them was that's never even... Played the games. Played the games or knows yeah. what they are. Because I looked at them like, oh, that's 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 Pikachu. I can't see that as anything else other than Pikachu. I know it's not real. Right. Kind of stand, it, it almost, it's almost like there's a halo around it, and I can't see it as a part of the world, if you know what I mean, because I know it's real, not because I worship a fucking lightning rat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mouse. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I know everything there is to know about Pokemon. Never There's make a safe that mistake in my again. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> Electric um, mouse. Yeah, but like, what did I say? Lightning rat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> That's actually better. Lightning Rat was my nickname. Yeah, in I mean, <laughs> so just looking at this little fucking thunder squirrel, I just, <laughs> I just know that it's not real, and so it's hard to separate that. But I think that all of the Pokemon Voltage actually look great. possum. <laughs> 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 okay, and we're done. <laughs> Spark ferret. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! It got me. Yeah, um, yeah I think it was so, great. Yeah, because what do you think? Like in the in the games and in the, it, I, I think they had a really tough challenge ahead of them. Um, and like I'll throw in one comparison that I don't want to get into. Okay, but. Compare <laughs> no, because because we could spend an hour talking about. Oh, okay, right. I thought you were like, I'm gonna talk about something I don't want to talk about. No, no, no. I'm gonna bring it up, but I feel like we can't devote too much time into it, oh, or else we'll just stare into the void. Before you say your thing, one mm. thing I forgot to say was the one thing that struck me most about them was the relative scale between the Pokemon. That was yeah, really cool. That's cool. So you see, like a. The big rock type, like Machamp, dude with the forearms, was so much taller than a person. The Gyarados dragon thing was absolutely enormous. Yep. There were little, like, it was rodent like, style Pokemon that were tiny. It was a problem how big Gyarados was. Yeah. Like, it could, it could, gen- it was threatening how big it was. And, like, in yeah. the games and the show, that's, not, that's nothing you really get much of a scale, no. a sense of scale for, especially when all the icons are the exact same size. Yeah. That's all. What were you going to say? I mean, Snorlax is. Snor- Snor- Snorlax is sitting in the middle of the road and they have the direct four. traffic around yeah. him. He's a. Oh, no, I'm not going to... Oh, no, I was going to flex with, like, actually, Snorlax is a two-by-two sprite, so he takes on four (laughs) squares, but I'm actually not convinced that that's true and that they didn't just... Yeah, anyway. Um, Yeah, so I I, I think you're right. I think that the the only way previously that you could really get a sense of scale from these games was going into the Pokedex entry and, like, looking at how big they were compared to your little character, which is something that they brought in maybe for the Ruby and Sapphire games. Yeah, I remember it being pretty early on. (laughs) Yeah, but it... uh, other than that, it um, it's hard to get a sense of scale of these things because you're right, they're always the same size in the game. So it was great seeing them brought into the real world and having to interact in a realistic way. Yeah. What I was going to say is that Pikachu in this film has almost like cat hair as its kind of like uh, texture. And that texture was something that they really had to get right because it's incredibly difficult to give texture to a sprite. Yeah. And so like I think they chose to make it furry, but in the manga and in the uh, games, he's always been more like, I don't know, kind of almost doughy, like plasticine. I suppose in the manga you can't really take any of that as an indication of what the texture is because you can't can't really draw that. I mean, I suppose you can have like, like Meowth is a cat and he has little tufts on his head every now and then they draw in a tuft to represent the fact that he's furry. Yeah. And I suppose they'd do the Pikachu. But I think in real life, it would have looked weird if he was all rubbery or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. And rubbery is a great word for it. Like, I think um, in the games and in the cartoons, they made him look that way because... Or it, I guess. it's It can be both. Um, <laughs> but Ash's Pikachu always looked that way. Mm. And yes, I, I think the fact that they chose the texture of, of like fur was something that they really probably had to wrestle with a fair bit. But then... Um, they they really pulled it off, and it doesn't look creepy. It just looks a little bit cat-like. I think they did a really good job. And of all of the Pokemon, um, yeah, I think that generating a texture from a sprite, they probably had to make a bunch of different calls about what certain stuff would look like. And I think they've, on the whole, done a really. I good think job. they did brilliantly, and like yeah. stuff I never would have thought about. Like um, a lot of them kind of look slimy, or they look yeah they look 
the textures, yeah, what you were saying. They look really interesting, but it's often like you, I'm looking at it I'm like, oh, of course that'd be what it was like. Right. I just never thought about it. I heard somewhere, and I haven't really properly thought about this, that um one of the guys that you often see every now and then on Reddit as like, oh, this fucking artist like drew real-life Pokemon. Apparently they got one of those dudes to work on some of the concepts for the right, movie, cool. which is pretty cool. Yep. I think one of the more fucked ones was maybe Psyduck. <laughs> looked yeah. a bit more fucked. It looked very messed up. Um, but that I fit expected. into its character. I suppose so. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I suppose it did. Um, it just looked really fucked. Like yeah. it looked like all the feathers were uncomf- constantly uncomfortable ruffled. to look at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, leading into yeah. that then. So uh, obviously, like this has a focus on uh, in the title and in the protagonical whoa narrative. Um, the main characters are uh, Tim Goodman, Tim Goodman, and <laughs> that was, that, that Tim, was Tim Goodguy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like <laughs> yeah. when it was like Tim Goodman, I thought like, oh, I'm in Fuck the wrong me. movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tim Goodman played by Justice Smith. Yeah. Um, and de- de- detective, uh, detective Pikachu. <laughs> Voiced by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> there was some newsreader you said that couldn't even pronounce it. So, like, what, I guess, what did you think of the performance of uh, Detector Pocket Watch himself <laughs> and, uh, in general, of the rest of the cast and, and everyone that was on screen? Like, the performances. Because I, I feel like, I'm asking the question because I feel like if if they fucked it on... Detective Pikachu himself, this whole yeah. movie would have been terrible. I'm pausing because I'm trying to think of another dumb one. Give me a second. No, I got five more. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like you, it's like you elaborated, but I was like, no, no, I honestly just need this time to think of Power Chihuahua. Um, <laughs> one that I'm not doing? Dalmati's Paprika. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't think Power Chihuahua got the credit that deserved. <laughs> Power Chihuahua. It needs to start with a D. It rhymes. No, this is the lightning rat thing. We have two separate. Oh dumb shit! We have two goals. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Power Chihuahua is very good. Fuck you. No, it's very good. I'm not. I'm not gonna beg. In if you're scope. too stupid to understand my joke, <laughs> that's not my problem. Uh, what was your question? What do I think of the performances? Yeah. So, like, yeah, pa- particularly of Ryan Reynolds, but also of everyone else. So Ryan Reynolds is the highlight, and he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think that so part of this movie is like the wonder of watching it, and that kind of ties back to what you were saying before about the characters and the design of all the real life Pokemon. Like the art style, a part of this is incredible. Yeah, and that really comes back to like, yeah, the art style of the Pokemon. But even like when the main character, and I'm getting back to what you were saying, the main character moves into this big city. Often the big Pokemon cities are amazing in the game. Yeah, and so to have a big city in real life that almost gives you that same sense of wonder that the big cities do in the game. That was really cool. Right. So it's almost like um, someone in a review I just watched today almost described it as like a Blade Runner-ish kind of city yeah. and how big it is and like every street is like Times Square kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Huge skyscrapers everywhere. All that sort yeah. of shit. A um, little bit Tokyo, a little bit New York. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A, a little bit like, it, yeah, exactly like that. Like a f- futuristic, a little bit kind of like that movie Her. It yeah, reminded me of that yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Obviously not like... Did you ever expect yourself to compare the Detective Pikachu aesthetic to, <laughs> to Blade Runner a Spike Jones film? Yeah, no. Yeah, fuck. Um, but yeah, and so then... They did pretty good. <laughs> they did pretty well, I thought. The art direction was brilliant. Yeah. And so then coming back into that, 
I think part of it is like in the middle of all this like wonder, you have Ryan Reynolds's delivery as Pikachu, who's just hilarious, and yeah. obviously the joke is that the voice is pretty incongruous with a cute little character. <laughs> yeah. um, but but I thought he was so funny. Fits. Yeah, I thought it was great. They did, you did like a it? really good job of uh, animating Pikachu's face because if they didn't do that, it would have been it wouldn't have fit. It would have felt weird. Yeah. But they made him cute in a way, but that he could also really express like quite a human affect. Yeah, and I think that having Reynolds' voice behind. Pikachu being cute, but also like, you know, it, it sounds weird to get into this level of detail of it, but like the way that he moves his eyebrows and can like furrow his nose and stuff to look angry or frustrated or pensive. Or Ryan whatever. Reynolds did motion capture for right. Pikachu Right, so as they're well. mapping a human face onto like a basically like sort of half cat, half mouse face and it works really well. They talk about this with that uh, with those di- live-action Disney movies that are coming out, and I yep. specifically watched an interview about the Jungle Book ones, where they talked about how you have to write a fine line between animating these real-life-looking, I don't know, like the, the the panther or the bear, for example, in the Jungle Book, looking real, but also like they kind of need little ridges where their eyebrows would be that wouldn't be there on a real animal, yeah, because the humans need the eyebrow movements for emotion, yep, and like nose flares yep. and. Mouth twitches, you get it. But Fun so fact, Pikachu that's does often why uh, humans perceive dogs to be more emotional than cats, because dogs have eyebrow ridges that move when they express emotion, and cats do not. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there you go. That's, that's it. That often is why dogs are perceived as more emotional. It's genuinely interesting. So yeah, they, they do put that in when they're animating human emotions onto yeah. animals. They, they give them eyebrows, or at least ridges where their eyebrows are to move, so that yeah. we can kind of read into their facial expressions. And Detective Pikachu is good. Maybe we should pull, um, pull back for a second and describe the plot, because I think it's important. Well, I, was, I was just about to get into what you thought of the narrative arc, because I agree with this thing that you said earlier, which is that this was a kid's Kids movie. Kid's movie, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of the actual plot... I think it was a very dumbed down kind of kids detective story. Yep. But in terms of the the general arc of the characters and things, the idea is uh, Tim Goodman, played by Justice Smith, is a young adult. He's like twenty something. He always wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, but sort and of gave up. An, an insurance his, office worker. Yeah, his mum died, and his dad sort of never really loved him and moved to the big city. Um, he find he lives in a small town. He finds out that. And he's never been kind of adventurous or whatever. He finds out that his dad never is, fucked. Yeah, his dad died recently. His dad was a cop in the big city. Yeah. And so he kind of travels to the city to kind of meet up with the policemen that work with his dad and collect his dad's things and he's like inherited the apartment or whatever it is. And finds himself staying there because he finds out about these suspicious circumstances which might suggest that his dad might have been killed, like murdered, and his yeah. dad was working on this big case involving like underground street fighting organizations and a big company and all this detective story type shit. Yep. Um, he meets up with a young reporter, journalist type lady. Named Lucy Stevens, played by Catherine Newton. Yep. Who is kind of also trying to work on this case. And she's like the sidekick character. And she and him together try and solve the mystery. Yep. And the mystery itself is largely uninteresting. But the, the, the way where Detective Pikachu comes in is he is found scurrying around in the apartment. And he's got... The that t- Tim comes Tim, back to. Tim yeah. finds out he's the only one that can understand Pikachu when he talks. Yep. No one else hears the Pokemon talking. They just hear that making fucking noises. So similarly, I feel like this is shared across a lot of Pokemon games and films and lore where... Yeah. 
people can't talk to Pokemon. They can only kind of communicate. So Pokemon can usually only say their own names. Most of the Pokemon, it's like talking to a smart dog. Yeah, they yeah. can express um, themselves, but yeah. Point is, this dude, this dude discovers this Pikachu wearing a fucking dumb detective hat, scurrying around in his dad's apartment, talking completely coherently like Ryan yeah. Reynolds. He's the only one that can hear him talking. Everyone else is his, like, blah, 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 woof, yeah. woof, kind of thing. Yeah. They have the original fucking clip. Yeah, I bigger, wonder bigger. if that was the original person. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Hey, <laughs> it's funny that a person had to do that. It did, like, memory activation yeah. for me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Whoa. what it sounded like. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of gags in the movie where Justice Smith will be trying to talk to another character in the movie and Ryan Reynolds will be saying distracting shit yep. in the background that only the main character can hear. And also a lot of gags about like him having to pretend while around other people that he can't talk to this fucking Pokemon because no one would understand why and they'd think that he's... He pulls out like a fake phone call and says like, oh, yeah. so you're a Pikachu, are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, he like pulls out a phone and he's like, I can't believe I'm talking to a Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu has like a coffee addiction. Yeah. He sort of, in every other sense it's of the word, shit. behaves like... Um, like a grizzled detective. Yeah. And, and so he says that he was the partner, or he thinks he's the partner of Justice Smith's dead dad. Harry, yes. Harry, because every detective has a Pokemon partner and this Pikachu can't remember anything about what happened. He's got amnesia and in his hat that he's wearing is the address, which is why he was there. Yeah, and the name. So he remembers Harry. Yeah. Fuck, that was complicated to explain. But the performance is good. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that he did a really good job and I don't think this could have gone forward if they hadn't cast a really strong, comedic, well-voiced actor. Absolutely. I think they're really... Uh, it, I don't think it had to be Ryan Reynolds, but I think he was a really smart pick. I think Ryan and Reynolds did a great job. I think, yeah, I think. I mean, if it was someone dumb, it had, it just or it had to be someone dumb. Yeah, right. Like if it was Brad Pitt or if it was Danny DeVito, Brad, both of those would have would have worked. Yeah, I yeah. think. That, I mean, apparently they tested out Danny DeVito by <laughs> getting <laughs> like yeah. always sunny lines and dubbing it on the animation. Oh, which that would have been, been pretty like, funny. Milk steak, blah blah blah, <laughs> prostitutes <laughs> or whatever. Like, can I offer you an egg? <laughs> I think you've said that on the show like seven times. Right. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have been as interested in this movie, despite all that we said, if it was just some no-name actor. No, absolutely not. I, I would have probably still seen it for what it was, but wouldn't have been as all-in as yeah. it was. And so it's it's basically Ryan Reynolds doing his Deadpool gear, but Pikachu. But like PG-rated, yeah. mostly. There's they like a push it there's sometimes. A, oh, if it, I think it's in the same way as like if you go back and watch Shrek. Uh, yeah, there's some there's dirty all, jokes. There's a lot yeah. of dirty jokes in Shrek that kids wouldn't really care about. Yeah. There's a couple of those in this as well. I guess that fits in. So yeah, the, the main then complication that happens is that Tim is like sorting through a bunch of his dad's old shit and he finds this little vial of purple stuff. And he accidentally presses a button because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and it sprays this cloud of purple gas all over the apartment. And the purple gas leaks out. And like nearby Pokemon go crazy. Little monkey Pokemon. And they smell it. And they were very peaceful before. And then they sort of like get gassed by it. And they're like, holy fuck, I'm, I'm like basically rabid now. And so the, the main complication is uh, this gas existing and... Tim and Lucy trying to uh, figure out the origin of it, and it links into something that's set up at the start of the film, which is Mewtwo escaping from a facility. Right, yeah. There's this secret science lab, weird chemicals, 
uh, it's all set in this world in this in this big city where like Pokemon and humans are supposed to live in harmony yeah. together. So it's, it's very weird. pastiche. But if you once you get past the fact that it is a kids movie, uh, yeah, I think it's it does a really interesting job. It has some genuine moments of like I don't know where I felt like it wasn't. It doesn't feel. The, the idea that it's a kid's movie and the idea that it's a bit of a pastiche and, and that it's a, a bit cliched doesn't always get in the way yeah. of me enjoying it, which is pretty amazing. I thought I it was great. Thought, yeah. I, I think that um, a lot of the action sequences worked really well. Yep. And I was really engrossed by it. And I think that it gave me an element of suspense when it was going for it. I think that a lot of the emotional beats where it was trying to, it felt like the movie was trying to make you cry didn't really do wonders for me. Yeah, maybe if you're a little younger yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think it it, I think it was well done though. I suppose for a kids' yeah. film, I think it all goes back to like I feel like an idiot for going into this and being like, "Oh, it's a kids' film." Oh, of course, it's a kids' film. Exactly. It was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be Deadpool or it was going to be a kids' movie. And if it was Deadpool, they would have made a lot less money off it. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like we haven't said enough though. And I, well, maybe all we can say is Ryan Reynolds is good in it. Ryan Reynolds is really good really in good. It. At it, yeah. Like, there's all these scenes where he's like walking around doing like the conspiracy theory, like Pikachu. The dude wakes up and Pikachu's been up all night drinking coffee and it's all the crazy eyes yeah. and has like red string on a wall over a pin board. Yeah, the way that they make the humans interact with um, the Pokemon as well, You, I genuinely forgot and do forget when I'm thinking back on it that like they don't exist and that all yeah. of that physical acting had to be done with props and then later like, kind yeah. of like filled in. Like there's a moment where one of the job. yeah there's a moment where Ken Watanabe, who's also in this movie, one of the detectives, is like ruffling his like Pokemon dog Snubble. thing's hair and like running his hands through its fur. Yeah. And it just looks like he's doing and it wrinkles its skin and yeah. And I just don't I mean I understand how they're doing it, but I almost don't understand how they're doing it. It's crazy. Uh, like the Pikachu running between Tim's legs at one point and he kind of like has to trip and stumble over it and it's done yeah. that that particular moment was done just to show you that he's interacting with the thing but also it works pretty well it's so good yeah. though man like yep. it's it's great it's very 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 good there's lots yeah. of huge set piece moments yep. that I think are amazing and really do convey that sense of scale and wonder like like it's not just a detective story where they do with a fucking Pikachu on his shoulder. The Pokemon feel like a real living, breeding part of the world. They genuinely do, yeah. Um, like all there's a pol there's a political side plot where all these politicians are talking about the role of Pokemon in the world. It does the best thing I've ever done with like adaptations and video game movies, where like it something I've never seen done before, where it properly fleshes out this world with new content that's never existed before. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I completely agree, and I think, like, so I'm pretty sure I've mentioned my opinions on, like, what I feel to be a very soulless recreation of The Lion King and Aladdin yeah. coming out recently, and I think that this is a good example to illustrate what I mean, because I don't object to this being a live-action... Adaptations and adaptation sequels and remakes uh, and exactly. shit, yeah. But what is different about it is that it isn't recreating something that already exists. It's taking this world, bringing it the visuals into the real world, adding to it, and somehow, then exactly yeah. building building a story within it that didn't exist before. Yeah. And sure, it doesn't innovate much within that space, but it doesn't really have to. I think it. I think it kind of does, though. It, I think yeah, that's the thing. In in a lot of ways, it does. In terms of being a kids movie with lots of color and movement about little critters and things. I suppose it doesn't. But like in terms of improving upon the lore of 
Pokemon, I think it adds a lot. Yeah. So they it, one of the one of the core themes that is explored right at the start of uh, Directive Pick a Pack of Pickle Peppers <laughs> is that there's this theme of partnership in the city. Yeah. Rather than, I guess, like, I'll throw out a contentious word, enslavement. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, one of the opening scenes is Tim and a mate of his, are, like, going for a walk, and the mate is like, oh, you catch that fucking Cubone over there. And um, they try, and the Cubone, like, does the rocking back and forth thing and then breaks out of the Pokeball and chases Tim down. And yeah. that's the only time in the film when, like, a Pokeball is thrown at a Pokemon. And we then learn that, like, maybe that's the way you guys do it out in the back country. But in this new, like, this brave new world of the city that is built, no Pokemon are in Pokeballs. They're not. Yeah. They're not kept captive in that way. They're partners. They're equal. They're treated as kind of peers and with respect. And I think that was a really interesting thing to do to build upon the world and say, like, hey, Pokemon trainers often will, like, rely on this method of captivity, but actually we're moving away from that and we don't think that, like, we think that there are good reasons not to do that. So uh, in addition to kind of the, what is actually quite an ethical exploration of doing that, what it also achieves is instead of being in Pokeballs all day, they're walking around like they're part of the world. That they're used in functional ways. Like a, uh, there's a Machamp directing traffic at one point. Like he's got four arms, so he's like kind of good at Ludicolo it. Ludicolo is a Pokemon with like a flat lily pad top. Yeah, and so it walks around a cafe serving drinks as well. Yeah, bartending. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so they're they're properly interacting with this world rather than just being like tools. Which, as an ethical question, is brought up heaps in the games but yeah. is never explored in terms of the physicality of like catching and keeping Pokemon in these Pokeballs. So this was the biggest exploration I've ever seen and of I th- that. I think so. I think that's also like a very practical and a very reasonable question to ask when you're adapting a weird, absurd manga kind of game into a real-life setting. It's like, right, what would be the first thing you ask right. if you basically have these animals that people are training and capturing and making fight each other? Yep. You would think about the ethical problems about yeah, it. Yeah, in the, the real world, yeah. up is really interesting, I think. If you didn't, there would have to be, you'd have to have, like, antagonists, like, uh, Pokemon activist groups and all types of shit, which I think there are in the in the games and, and yeah. in the in the manga and stuff, yeah. I think there's a really interesting way of presenting the universe, and it's, yeah, I'm just, I was really surprised by how much care it seemed was put into fleshing out a world. I think it's worth mentioning, this isn't, like, a story that's an adaptation of the game. It's inspired by a specific game about a detective Pikachu, right. but I, as far as I know, it's like a it's like an original story. Uh, the the game? No, the movie. They're both original stories. Yeah, yes. it's a completely original story. The character in the movie is inspired by the character in the game, but other than that, it's all original. Yes, yeah, and in, even then, in the game, it's a much more like film noir style. Like it it plays on the voice of Pikachu being a lot more like gravelly and gritty. Listen here, kid. Yeah, he's like, listen here, kid. I've been around this city a long time. <laughs> so like, I, I, I think, yeah, they're, they're kind of, in a strange way, like obviously this film adaptation is moving further away from the original source material, but they actually pull back a little bit on the absurdity of the voice and make it fit a bit more with the character, which I think really, really lends itself well to the emotionality of the film rather than just 
being like a funny bit about like, oh, imagine if Pikachu spoke with a gravelly voice. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, like I said before, I probably would have watched it if it was any funny voice. Like if it was Danny DeVito, it would have been funny. <laughs> but I think Ryan Reynolds is really good and I think he's already established himself as being a sort of, he's got a couple of characters now. I yep. mean, Deadpool, for, de- definitely, where it's like his very pleasant, smooth kind of voice, cheerful voice, saying fucked stuff or saying stuff that's very incongruous with the character he's playing. And I think that this is almost like a kid's version of Deadpool. Uh, it really, I think, in a, way. Yeah, in a lot of ways it is. I think it was a really smart casting choice. Yeah, very good. I, I don't know if there's much else I have to say about this film. No. I think that it's really worth seeing if you have any interest in Pokemon from being a kid or whatever. Yep. If you're one of those like twenty somethings like us who still goes and buys the fucking games and like or at least remembers them from when you were a kid. Yeah. You're gonna have a great time. There's lots of I think most of the Pokemon it shows you are the original ones. Original one fifty one, yep. Most of them. There's a few, um probably like well, I know that all the th- there's like several generations of games on the DS that I haven't played, and I didn't. There's not a single Pokemon I saw that I didn't recognize. Yes, there were. One Pokemon I saw that I didn't <laughs> recognize. But I think I recognized that there was there was a cute kid next to us that was shouting out the names of the Pokemon, and I was mostly just interested to see if she the knew mushroom the names. light ones. Yeah. I wasn't super aware of. There are like big Golem style ones with swirls on them. No, you're right. That I Sorry, didn't yes. recognize. There's a couple. So there's a bunch, but most of them are from the 151. I only mention it because most of the Pokemon that I'm very familiar with are from games that came out 10 years ago. Yeah. And I recognize most of them. So I think most of these are from the games that came out like ages ago. Yeah. Closer to 20, bro. <laughs> Fuck. I don't really have much else to say about the film. I really sincerely enjoyed it. It's pretty good and it's absolutely, I think, the best that it could possibly be whilst still being a good kids movie. Yeah, you know, I like, think so. I would take my five-year-old to this movie. Yeah, and there was quite a cute kid. It was really heartwarming to me. We were sitting right next to her, like a five-year-old girl and I think her auntie or something who were going to see the movie and I thought because all the Pokemon in the movie were like original Pokemon from a game that came out in fucking 1990-something. Yep. That this kid would have been lost. But this kid was so excited every time like Snorlax or Machamp or Pikachu or Bulbasaur or whatever came on screen. She said the name of basically every Pokemon that came on screen. Every Pokemon. And I was yeah. I was fucking digging it. And I think the aunt was like, shh, let, let those 25-year-olds yeah. enjoy this Detective <laughs> yeah, Pikachu yeah. movie in let peace. Let the adults watch their film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the point where I think um, one of the we saw the film with friend of the show Gina and apparently the, the lady apologized to Gina afterwards. She was like, yeah. no. We're, we're five adults watching yeah. a dumb fucking Pikachu movie. It's yeah. fine. I thought it was so cute. And I think I almost found it really heartwarming to find that, like, the torch had been passed on to another generation yeah, kind of sure. thing. Where it was oh, like, man. I thought this was this dumb thing from my childhood. No, kids still and here's love it, this dude. dumb kid that loves it just as much as I used to, if it's not so more. It's so big still, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, it's definitely a great kids movie, and she seemed to be into it the whole time. And that's the thing. They've really, like, I think you're right. I'm going to, what I'm going to coin the Shrek factor of, like, <laughs> Appealing to you mean the Shrekter? Fuck yeah! yeah. Um, appealing to <laughs> yeah, this threw me because I started to think of like what a Shrekter was. <laughs> it's a tractor that you drive over. <laughs> that you drive over shrubs. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm not going to listen. I'm just thinking done. of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, of like uh, appealing to kids and adults at the same time, and it does a really good Shrekter. job of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, but Tractor is the best one. You're right. I don't really have a better than worse than for this. I think I haven't for weeks. I don't really watch very many kids' films. I also haven't watched very many video game adaptations. I'll say, okay, so let's take the 
Death Note, the Netflix adaptation of Death Note, not a video game. Yeah, that, that's a, a good. That's a good comparison. But this a manga than that. into into a live action film. That was shit. I think that an interesting difference though is that that film, whilst it seems similar on the surface, was trying to represent the story from the anime, beat from, for beat from in like the movie. a fifteen episode or like a fifteen volume yeah. manga into one feature-length film you, you couldn't it couldn't do it it was terrible and it condensed it and changed it in a way yeah, that, yeah you're right very bad I would have preferred maybe a miniseries or something Not or cool. maybe <laughs> maybe like a different movie so I suppose a different story I mean so I suppose the way that Pikachu did this in a way that was a completely different story worked really well that's a good comparison I think this is a lot better than that while, you, while you're thinking I think that there are a lot of kids films where the plot wasn't as transparent as it was in this. I think that this really dumbed down the plot. Yep. Um, in a way that whilst I enjoyed the movie, those bits really annoyed me. Like, there was a bit where, like, there's obvious stuff that they just miss. There's, like, convenient stuff where, like, they walk out their front door and the clue they need is right in front of them type stuff that's obviously just, like, made to speed up the process because it's a kid's film and they yep. know that kids won't care. And I think there are heaps of other kids' movies I've watched where I've enjoyed the plot and it hasn't felt dumbed down. Like, in terms of just films watching this podcast, Atlantis, I thought was really good. Okay. And I think that that's not very similar, but just springs to mind immediately as a kid's film that feels a bit more complex than this was. Maybe that's aimed at a higher age demographic. Also made by Disney, right? Like, I think it's pretty high praise to say, like, uh, yeah, this got beaten out by a Disney movie. Yeah. But, like, to say that it kind of was competitive with it at points, like, yeah, I think is is pretty cool. I suppose it's also hard to, like, do a film that's supposed to be, like, a funny detective movie that's, like, a detective movie with a crime plot that also has to, like... Yeah, this was a crime fiction movie, like, actually. It was a kid's crime fiction movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should have a five-year-old in the podcast. Maybe they can say <laughs> some more intelligent things than us. Have you got any comparisons before we wrap it yeah, up? Yeah. So, like my my other comparison, which I reckon maybe would I would rate this as like I enjoyed it less than was like yeah. the original first Pokemon film, which I'm old enough to have seen originally when it came out in cinemas and been given that sick ass Mew card. Um, I missed it. Both the movie and the Mew card. Yeah, it's, it's in a folder in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm gonna go and uh, I gotta go. He'll be right back. Just gonna go and stare at it. <laughs> um. So like, yeah, the original film animated Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, which sounds like a sequel, yeah. but is the first Pokemon movie. <laughs> I probably enjoyed more than this as like an actual fucking four or five year old. Yeah. You know. So like. Yeah, sure. I think the Pokemon anime doesn't date very well if you go back and watch it. Man. Oh, really? No. Okay. I, w- I watched it recently and you realize, like, um, I don't know whether it's good to start talking about anime an hour and uh, the Pokemon anime an hour and 20 minutes into this episode or whatever the fuck we're at. But, like, you realize that, like, because they're completely different characters and everything, but yep. the main character, Ash, is just an awful Pokemon trainer yep. who gets every single badge and every single battle he wins given to him through sympathy. <laughs> um, yep. Like,. Like, yeah, you didn't beat me, but you had enough love for your Pikachu that I think you should get it anyway. Literally. Yeah. Like, that literally happens, yep. I think. And, like, he's, like, overly principled for no reason, even when, like, it's been clearly established that that's not the way the world works. Yep. He'll still be like, no, but why did you, why don't you do it this way? Yeah. Like, right, well, because that's not the way the world works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a naive little shit. He's a naive little shit. He's kind of annoying. Yep. He's entitled. Yep. He's not a good Pokemon trainer. Yep. There's Misty, who's also an entitled, annoying little shit. I think Brock. 
Brock, who's doing the eyes the whole time. Yeah, I mean, for, for Brock, I suppose, is probably weird enough to probably be Me Too'd in 2019. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking absolutely. It's time to Me Too Brock. Yeah. Um, Jesus. But, yeah. But no, I no, I don't know. I just felt it really killed me to go back and watch the old anime. Yeah. Hoping that I was going to have a great time and just be like, this show is fucked. So yeah, I guess like in a... This this film really dodged the Never Meet Your Heroes bullet. Yeah. Where, like, it could have been terrible. I suppose what I'm saying is don't go back and watch that first Pokemon movie because you probably have a memory of enjoying it more, but, like... Yeah. Well, I don't know about yeah. the movie. Um, the movie actually does, like, dark shit. You're probably right, but... Um, You're yeah. right. Though, this could have been fucking awful. Yeah. And, and it wasn't. And it truly it was, wasn't. It was sincerely great. Yep. I enjoyed it. I would recommend that if you have any emotional attachment to it, you go and watch Don't Look I've Peed My Pants. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I thought it was just... <laughs> it, just got it. <laughs> <laughs> but it did, it did what it was trying to do extremely well. I basically, if I'd asked for a live-action Pokemon movie, mm-hmm. probably couldn't have expected anything better. That was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. All right. I don't really have anything else to say for this week on Beef Station. Have you got anything, boy? Doc Octave Panko Crumb. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> <sighs> Facebook page. <laughs> Send the links. <laughs> email. Send the links. Send the description. <laughs> Fucking email us. Click shit until you If you've got any more of those, send them on in or keep them to yourself. Any more of those. I'm Oscar. <laughs> Dill pickle problematic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Andrew. <laughs> Have a good week. Whoa, catch your breath, man. Shake out those lips. It's downhill from here. Just 24 more to go. Now it gets tricky, so listen real good. Sand slash, Hitman Lee, Psyduck, Arcanine, EV, Executor, Kaboot, Top Septo, Satini, Bow Life, Mr. Mine, Cubone, Graveler, Voltorb, Goon. We're almost home. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Tentacruel, Aerodactyl, Armonite, Slowpoke, Pidgeot, Arbok. That's all, folks. Catch them, catch them, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all, Pokemon. Catch them, catch them, gotta catch them all.